Welcome back to the JXW Podcast. I am your host, Jay Poetics. And yo, last week's episode on Pride was was really good. I think it was a really good opener conversation that needed to be had because pride in the church is very prevalent. It is something that needs to be addressed and it's something that needs to be looked at because the younger generation can't see God if those older than them are blocking the trueness of Jesus Christ. Now, that is a point that's kind of in the middle of the episode. And if you don't get the context around last episode, I was talking about how God is painting this ginormous, great, amazing portrait. But we are kind of slipping in and we're kind of standing in front and God is he's continuing to paint because he has purpose he he knows he knows he creates he designs he's he's all powerful so he's painting over us and we're blocking that the the paint from getting on the canvas and that's the context behind the younger generation can't see God if those older than them are blocking the trueness of Jesus Christ. God is trying to paint the younger generation's future. God is trying to paint the younger generation's purpose. But we are in we're blocking that painting from ever hitting the canvas. So that was last week's conversation, and I think it was a really good opener. And I will do more on pride because it's something that needs to be broken. But today we're going to be talking about glorified spectators. What does it mean to be a glorified spectator in the body of Christ? And are you a glorified spectator? But right now, let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us together again for another episode, another conversation with you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all the things that you've done for us and all the things that you are continuing to do for us. Lord, we are forever grateful. Lord, I thank you for every single person who is listening right now, that they are blessed, that they, that they can have a moment to see you in another light. But they will open up today and they will go throughout their day knowing that you love them and knowing that their worth is higher and much greater than what they deem them to be. Lord Jesus, thank you for everything that you've done for us. And I praise your name in Jesus name. Amen. Today, we're going to be coming from the book of James. We're going to be coming from James chapter 2. Verse 14, James chapter 2, verse 14 says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Verse 19, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe in tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Okay, so 
I know you guys are wondering, what is this term? What is this phrase? What is a glorified spectator? Well, a glorified spectator, and I use this term often in just my day-to-day, I use this term, and it, to me, it means this. Let's just imagine that we're all in a party um, setting, a Christian party, Christian party, because we're, we're saved and we're sanctified. Remember that. Uh, we are in a party setting, and there's a bunch of games being played, and there's, there's just a lot going on. And let's say that you and me, we're at a table and there's a group of people and somebody comes up and says, hey, let's play this complicated game. And yo, whoever wins is going to win this grand prize or whoever loses is going to lose this is who's going to they're going to lose. Um, So me <laughs> and this is this is just me. This is me. I will normally and a lot of you guys have actually heard me do this. I will normally say this. I'm just a glorified spectator. What does that mean? It means that I'm going to not play this game right now. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to chill. I'm going to enjoy the environment. I'm going to enjoy the the, the setting that we're in. And I'm just going to watch the, them play. So these guys are playing. They're, they're playing for a prize. They're playing for the competition aspect. And I'm seeing them put their whole heart in. I'm seeing them put everything everything they got in it even their friends are rooting them on and everyone's having a great old good time and i'm just sitting in the back you know i'm there i'm 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 cooling i'm i'm talking with people and everything but you know i'm not i'm not in the mix like they are they're really going after it right see i'm here i'm in the game i'm rooting who my who i want to win I'm in the circle. I'm in the conversation, but I'm not playing the game. You feel me? So that's what a glorified spectator is in my eyes. Now let's compare this and put this same situation in the church. Are we in the church, but are we glorified spectators? It's like we're, we're here. <laughs> like the glorified part means that we're here. It's like I'm not just a full spectator. Like I'm not I'm not looking outside in. No, I'm actually in the building. I'm in church. Like I'm, I'm we we in church church. I got my I'm, I got my suit jacket on. We in church. I'm here. I'm not just a spectator. I'm not an unbeliever. I came to church. So I'm more than a spectator. I'm way more than just a spectator. I'm a glorified spectator because I made it in the building. I have enough faith in Jesus Christ. I have enough belief in Jesus Christ that, hey, I'm willing to go to church and nobody has to force me. Nobody has to drag me. I'm cool. I'm willing to go. But the thing about it is, will I play the game and will I participate? That's where the question lies. That's where you can kind of say, am I or am I not a glorified spectator? Are you a passive spectator or an active participant in the body of Christ? Now, when we're talking about works, there's two types of works that I'm talking about. And it's a difference between works and works. And you'll like to say, oh, my goodness, Joey, what what is this? Like, what? No, stay with me. Right. So 
if you want to do things, you pick that thing up and you do it. You just you just did a work. It doesn't matter what that work is. You just pick you picked up a pen, you picked up your Bible and you wrote some notes down. You did works. But let's talk about doing works for the church. Either if you're in parking ministry, either you're in production ministry, you're in kids ministry, you are in young adults ministry. It doesn't matter where you are placed. You can do that thing. Stay with me. You can do it. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. You know, at first, when you're first getting on the team, it might be a little difficult to get acquainted, you know, with the, the systems and place and the, how we have to do things and da, 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 da. But once you get into the groove of things, you're kind of you, you're kind of you're easy. You're, you're easy going. That's works. That's physically putting works. You're physically putting energy into a thing to accomplish a thing. But are we doing works? Are we putting this thing and are we giving it to God? That's that's the cutoff. That's what I'm talking about, works versus works. It's like anybody can do works, but are we doing it with all of our heart? Are we a glorified spectator or are we not? A glorified spectator you know what a glorified spectator looks like doing works in the church you come to church you get in your station you do the thing that you are qualified to do you leave that's it that is what works means as a glorified spectator you see you're a glorified quote-unquote glorified because you are in church you signed up to volunteer so you're not a spectator solely you have done some things to have some heart energy into whatever you want to do so you are not just a spectator you're not just outside looking in you know, you are avidly doing things. You see, when it comes to the body of Christ, I can say with confidence that me personally, I am not a glorified spectator. Now, when I'm in other settings, when I'm in party settings, I'm I'm the introvert of the crowd. I don't like being bro, I'm I barely like talking to people. I'm the person in in the back room with a phone. Maybe a little couple of friends. We can start a Bible study. We can talk about our lives and things like that. But I don't really like being around like large groups of people. So I will call out and I will say, hey, I'm just a glorified spectator. You guys do what you do. Whoever wins, I'm a root for that person. But I'm just, hey, I'm just here. But when it comes to the things of God, I am not a glorified spectator. You know, I have a work ethic in the kingdom of God that far, far goes above. And I'm not just saying that because, oh, I'm prideful and I do things for God. No, I'm saying that because this is how we should act. This is how we should we should treat God. God gave us every little breath we have. God gave us. You, you feel that energy? that's coursing through your body you, you feel a breath coming you you feel like you want to see things 
that's not because you're you and you're just amazing and you're just so talented. Oh, you can make your biological functions do what they need to do on command. No, God is doing that right now, every second, every millisecond. So you owe God that same amount of energy. You owe God. You owe God. God has given you so much. So why would you be a glorified spectator and just be in the church and just like barely do what you want to do? You know, if you signed up for parking, do it with all your heart. If you signed up for production, do it with all your heart. If you signed up for kids team, do it with all your heart. Do it with every bit you have in your body. Because this is what we should be doing as Christians. This is how we show Christ to people. And this is why topics like pride and toxic masculinity are so, so destructive. Because it completely overshadows all, all our works. And it's something that we need to eradicate out the conversation completely. It's not saying that we are perfect Christians and there's no such thing as pride and we're just getting a rid of, we're literally getting rid of the word pride. You know, it's not that. Pride is pride. Pride is going to roam free in the world. It's, it's, this is a sinful world. It's always going to be pride in the conversation, but we can clear our churches a little bit so our works can shine through. And I'm not just saying that we can shine through. No, oh, look at look at me doing this thing. No, no, I'm talking about our true, honest works for God can shine through, and somebody can see that, and somebody can be like, "Oh my gosh, they're so dedicated. What is up with them?" I wow, like, geez, like, chill, like, oh, I want to get connected to what he's doing because he's doing pretty well. <laughs> he's doing a lot of good things. This is why we cannot be glorified spectators. See, when was the last time you inconvenienced yourself for God, but it came from your heart and not for the public eye? We're going to read Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Look, let me tell you about Matthew 6. Matthew is my favorite book of the Bible. And for the reason of this, it is the most controversial book of the Bible in the entire book of the Bible for me, right? And for that reason, it's my favorite book, but we're going to read in Matthew 6, verse 1, and we're going to go all the way down to verse 4. Matthew 6, 1 says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet, before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men assuredly i say to you they have their reward but when you do a charitable deed do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly so what does that say? When was the last time you inconvenienced yourself for God, but it came from your heart and not for the public eye? See, as we're being glorified spectators, we're in the setting. We're, we're Christians. We're obviously believers because if we weren't those things, we would just be spectators. Um, 
being a glorified spectator in some sense you have you're doing things in the church obviously but you're not doing it with all your heart we've already gone through that we've already explained it right so you're doing things but why are you doing those things and what is what are the intentions behind them that's the question we need to ask and answer we need to ask those questions a lot more than answer those questions i'm be honest with you but anyway matthew 6 in literally the whole book of matthew it's really stock full with a lot of just stuff it's my favorite book it's the most controversial book um it's controversial for this reason and matthew 6 specifically it's controversial for this reason that in godly environments our leaders us and the congregants from history and from the dawn of time we've done things because we want to get a reward publicly and you can't deny it and maybe it's not you if it's not you praise god uh, i love to hear that and you're doing good things in the body of christ i love it but let's be honest with ourselves most of christians most of believers are doing things for the lord to get something out of it and i don't like that it's like in the music business there's a phrase thrown around or at least in pop culture and it's called culture vulture what a culture vulture is is someone who is taking from the culture they're benefiting from the culture they are promoting their stuff inside culture but they're not contributing anything any not contributing anything we're not even on that we're not even on contributing the word we're just <laughs> we're not even talking about contributions they are literally sucking that culture dry that's what a culture vulture is that's what a glorified spectator is you're in you're in the setting you're there and specifically we're talking about churches you're in church you're doing works if you weren't doing works then you would just be a spectator but you're doing work so you are quote-unquote glorified spectator but why are you doing those things are you trying to get your name boosted up are you trying to get fame are you trying to get recognition are you trying to get money are you trying to get paid because the bible clearly says in matthew do not do charitable works in front of men and then it goes on in further of the chapter just read chapter six it's amazing but it goes on to talk about prayer it goes on to talk about not putting your your treasures in earthly things and put your treasure in heaven and honestly that's one of the most controversial um sections of this whole chapter because look uh, a lot of preachers be twisting those matthew six twenty one, and oh ooh, it gets on my nerves it's like the preceding verses literally say but whatever anyway <laughs> that's matthew 6 and it's it's really just the whole book of matthew is so packed full with things that are not talked about in the church and it's 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 right here it's it's literally right here like it's it's right here it's here grab your bible and see like you don't have to preach things that are far-fetched 
just grab your Bible and, and preach things that are from the right word of God. But anyway, back to being a glorified spectator. Why are you, what are your intentions? What are you trying to gain? What are you trying to gain from, from the public eye? When was the last time you inconvenienced yourself for God? So that means when was the last time you did a good deed in the body of Christ, but you didn't look for public recognition? You know, there's often a, an example with um, influencers out there and where influencers always carries cameras with them. So when they do a good deed, they record that thing. But if they don't have their camera on them, they're not going to do a good deed or record. And that's what I feel like the church is is kind of become. Like every time we do a good deed, we record it. We blast it on the Internet. I'm really I don't really like that so much. You know, it's it's good to record that good deed. I'm not fully against not recording because you want to record that moment so you can share that thing with other possible people who could benefit off what you're doing. So it's good to record what you guys are doing, get your voices heard, get your voices out there and really promote this ministry. But why are you promoting the ministry? Why are you doing like there's a difference between promoting the ministry and getting it to 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 literally feed more people, to literally clothe more people, to literally get that thing out there. But then why are you sh- like, like you have to decipher between those two things. Am I sharing this to get this out there? Am I sharing this to, you know, bring more, you know, business to my name? My last and final point is going to be something that I don't think you guys are ready for. Um, do we actually follow God? Just let that sink in. Do 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 you actually follow God? Do you actually follow God? Answer that. Like, in in what's the real answer? After all that we've talked about, after all that we've gone through, what is the real answer? Do we actually follow God, or do we subscribe to the look of following God? Oftentimes. People have to really sit themselves down and say, do I believe in Jesus? Do I actually want to be a disciple of Christ? And if I say yes to those things, what does that mean? What does that mean? How does my life change in that aspect? How do I bring Christ to another human being? Like, where are my intentions? Where, like, do we actually follow God or do we subscribe to the look of following God? Sorry, y'all, that is my phone going off. I apologize. But anyway, we need to answer those questions, you know, because a lot of people, they go around and they want to gain something. They want to gain power. They want to gain influence. They want to gain money. And there's a tap called the church and they're just going to run it for everything that it's worth. And you have to question these people and you have to question yourself. Like we're not saying that we're perfect and other people are. Yeah. No, we have to question ourselves too. I have to question myself. Am I actually following God because I want God? 
or or am I following God because you know I want recognition, I want power, I want influence, I want money, I want this, that, and the third. You know, we've read James four fourteen twenty. We've read Matthew six one through four. We've read these scriptures. We've gone through what a glorified spectator is. You know, we've defined works from works. But you have to ask yourself, do I actually believe in God? Or do I believe in the look that God will bring to my self? Me personally, I for a long time didn't know why I was doing it. I did not know. I've been serving the church ever since I was born. <laughs> it's 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 it is what it is. It is what it can be. Look, it's a whole thing. I've been serving in the church for really all of my life. And I've seen the highs of serving in the church. I've seen the lows of serving in the church. I've seen the difficult spots that people have been placed in. I've seen the struggles. I've seen the determinations. I've seen the resignation letters. I've seen it all. I've seen people come and go. I've seen people come and just be a part of it and then just stop believing in it <laughs> i've seen every aspect of church but it was only until i was met with one of the biggest life shifts ever that i really found out why i was doing what i was doing i had to go through a little bit of an identity crisis and be conflicted with do I serve God because I love God or do I serve God because these other people tell me to serve God? And I had to pose that question to myself and I'm going to be so honest with you guys. And I, I would love for you guys to do this personally for yourself. I didn't have an answer for myself for the longest time. I didn't have an answer for myself. I didn't know why I was doing it. I was just coming to church and being a glorified spectator did what I did in the church and I left you know I wasn't a spectator because I was still I was still volunteering I was still doing it I was still coming to church I was still putting on my Sunday best I was still everything but I didn't do it for God and I, I, I probably at this point I could say that I wasn't even enjoying what I was doing and that's an even deeper conversation that we're not gonna have right now but the thing about it is I was being a glorified spectator for so long, you know, and I had to question myself and I would be like, OK, what am I doing this for? And I finally figured out why I was doing it, obviously, because I love God. You know, I've always had a strong connection with God. Even when I was going through all that I was going through as a younger child, I still had a strong connection with God. So I know the why. Now here comes the what. What am I doing? What is my role? What is the end goal? When you start asking those what questions, I promise you, your life will forever change. What is the goal? What am I doing? You know, and I started asking all those questions. And I'll be honest again, I didn't have any answers. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the end goal. I didn't know what this would lead to. I didn't know any of that. So you know what? I found out answers. And I pushed through the rubble. 
and I made decisions and I got myself back on track from being a glorified spectator to an active participant in the body of Christ. And one of my decisions as an active participant in the body of Christ is starting the JXW podcast, finding my voice and how helping other people find their voice. It's such an important thing, especially because nowadays there is nobody advocating for the younger generation to come up. I've said this in another podcast and it's it still holds true. I, in my 20 years of living, I, in my, let me say, 15 years of serving in the church, I have never in my life seen a mental health class for the younger generation in a youth ministry of church, the house of God. I've never seen a specific mental health classroom where teenagers, young adults, kids can come in, be vulnerable. First of all, that's a whole nother topic. I've never seen people be vulnerable in the church. And that's ironic because it's the church. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just thought about that. I just wow, vulnerability in the church. That wow. But anyway, I've never seen a mental health class specifically for kids, teenagers, young adults. And this is totally different from the kids ministry and the youth ministry. No, we're not talking about those things. Those things are fine. Those things are amazing. You know, trips to the zoo. That's amazing. Talking about the word of God while church is going on for the older folks. That's cool. I'm talking about a separate room, separate people who can care for somebody who's going through thoughts that they probably should not be having right now, as the age that they are, they really should not be having these thoughts. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking. They should not be having those thoughts. Their life is so much more greater than those thoughts. And I went through those thoughts. You know, that's the thing about me. That's the thing that most of you guys don't even know. You know, that's that's one of the byproducts of me being a glorified spectator. I wasn't as vulnerable because I didn't have so much heart to give. A lot of you don't know that I had thoughts. A lot of you don't know that I had to struggle through those thoughts. And I got through and praise Jesus. Nothing happened to me. I'm still alive. But... I was a glorified spectator for so long that I wasn't vulnerable. I didn't give my heart into it. And I was just coming to church, doing the thing that I did. And I left, went home, did it again the next day, you know. And I was doing this for the last 15 years. You know, the last 15 years. Think about that. How long have you been in a, a glorified spectator? And how long do you th how long do you think that you've been an active participant when you've actually been a glorified spectator? You see, there's now we got to like think about the mind real quick. 
See, in our head, we think that we're doing, oh, fantastic things for Christ. But in all actuality, we're not. We might have this false sense of belief that we are all that. But step back. You might not be all that. You might have to sacrifice a little bit more to get out of the glorified spectator zone. But anyway, back to mental health and all that. I've never in all my life, all my 20 years of living, all my 15 years of serving, never seen a mental health classroom for young adults growing up in the church because that is the most important thing right now is just making sure these people's mental health is good so we don't have to find them on channel news with some sort of item in their hand. And see, this is why pride and toxic masculinity are so... They need to be destroyed. Because there are bigger fish to fry than somebody who thinks that their way or the highway. There are bigger topics to, to, to conquer than somebody who's a little too, you know, one way. You know, there's a bigger crowd of people to minister to. There's a bigger crowd of people to reach out to. There's so much more and so much more that we as Christians have to do that pride, toxic masculinity, and all this stuff gets in the way. It's like, who cares about you? Who cares about you? I, I want all of you to say, no one cares about me. That's what I want you to say. That sounds harsh. That sounds a little eh. What, what am I saying, Joey? Like, no. No one cares about me. Say that. You want to know why? Because no one should care about you and not think about the other people who are struggling in the world. You see, it's not always about you. That's what I'm trying to get at. Of course people care about you. I'm not saying that no one cares about you. Of course people care. I, I care about you and I love you. And I want you to succeed in life. And I want you to have an amazing life and amazing mental health. But the thing about it is we have to stop thinking about ourselves. You see, when I told you to say no one cares about me, you felt weird, right? You, you felt a little different. You, you, you know, you, you have a lot of confidence in yourself. You know, you, everyone cares about me. No. Because you are in the place that you are in. Cool, perfect, whatever. But there's a kid out there who's struggling with suicide. There's a kid out there struggling with depression. There's a kid out there struggling. There's young adults struggling with these things. There's adults struggling with these things. There's elderly men and women struggling with these things. And you think that your say, your name, is higher than the name of Jesus? So much so to ignore the people who are actually struggling in the world and ignore the people who actually need a word from God because your name is so much higher than what your title <laughs> represents. So toxic masculinity, pride, all these things, they convolute the true message of God with our personal message, our personal wants, our personal needs, our personal necessities. But that's not the point. The point is not being glorified spectators. 
Let's be active participants. You know, I described a glorified spectator in my own words. I How I use the phrase is that I'm in a game, I'm in a social setting, but I'm not in it. I'm there. I, I'm here. Like, we, we are here. I'm eating food. I'm drinking water. I am in with you guys. I'm watching you guys play the game. But that's the problem. I'm watching you play the game. I'm not playing it. I'm watching Christians put their life down for Jesus, but I'm not doing that. I'm watching Christians go out there and feed the homeless and clothe the homeless and give them a word of God that would change their lives. And I'm I'm sitting there, but I'm not doing anything to affect change. I'm not doing anything to really step out of my comfort zone and give people what they need, which is Jesus, you guys. That is what it's all about. Jesus. I'm going to put a little twist on the end of this episode. We're at the end of this episode. I'm about to close. I'm about to pray out. It's about to be a whole thing. Thank you guys for listening. But I'm just going to say this one last thing. If you are older than my target audience... I am putting the responsibility and I'm putting it on you to make a way for the younger generation. That's all I'm going to say. And there's so much I can say about that. There's so much that I can dig into. There's so much. I've seen trends. I've seen reoccurring events. I've seen things within the older generation of Christians. And it's been like, Okay, cool, but are we advocating for the younger generation to come up in Christ? Yeah, all that is fine. The rules, regulations, all, yeah, that's cool. But are we really bringing up a true system that a 13-year-old can grow up in and be like, I am strongly rooted in Christ Jesus, and I'm about to grow up knowing that I'm strongly rooted in Christ Jesus. And if those thoughts come in, those thoughts leave immediately. So I'm putting the responsibility on you guys as the older generation to really look out for our younger people, to really look out for the people who don't have their voice yet because you have your voice. You have, you've been using it for a long time. You've been using it for longer than I've been alive. Look, you have your voice. That's the difference between you and I. You found it. You've been using it. You've developed a career from it. You know what your voice sounds like. You know the influence that it has, the power that it has behind it. But here's the thing. Younger people do not. They don't know their voice. They don't know their influence level. They don't even know who they are. So it's your responsibility to teach these people. It's your responsibility to bring these people up in Christ. And that's all I'll say on that. Look, y'all, this has been the JXW Podcast. I appreciate every single person who has made it this far it's look i know attention spans are not that easy and um 40 minutes is a really long time but you know thank you guys i appreciate you if you've made it this far you are so og you, you don't even know how og you are you are so og you are amazing and i thank you and i just want to tell you guys that your story is there your story is there. 
If you are of the younger generation, your story is there. If you are of the older generation, your story is still there. It's never left. You've just been avoiding it. But your story is there. This has been the JXW Podcast. If you want to stay updated on everything happening with the JXW Podcast, follow all of my social medias at jpoeticsworld. Poetics spelled with an X, world spelled W-R-L-D. Follow me, follow me, follow me. If you want to support the podcast monetarily, cash at me at jpoeticsworld. Poetics spelled with an X, world spelled W-R-L-D. And let's pray out. Well, Jesus, thank you for this time to just talk and and really be just invited in your presence, Lord God. I thank you for the day that people are about to have or the day that people have already had, Lord Jesus. You you plan our days and you know exactly what we're going to do and you know how it's going to operate. So I thank you for every single person listening today that they will have a blessed Monday and that they will have a prosperous just life, just going through it and, and learning who they are and being about their truth and holding people accountable for the things that yeah we need to correct lord and i thank you for giving us that voice and especially giving me that voice so i can share it with others lord you are so good to me and you are so good to all of us so i praise your name in jesus name amen this has been the jxw podcast please share the episodes like follow subscribe all that But truly just know that you guys have a story, you guys have a purpose, and we should not let anybody determine that factor. You know, you are somebody in this world that is dangerous in all aspects. If you really put your mind to something, if you really put your availability and your action and your works and your talents, you can, bro, you can change a lot of things. Don't take yourself for granted. You are powerful. So keep that in mind. But thank you, thank you, thank you once again for listening. I am Jay Poetics. This has been the JXW Podcast. Love y'all. Peace.